0: Trans America and the hypocrisy over women's sports. This is the Soapbox for the week of January 23rd, 2022. I'm so confused. It was just a decade ago that we were being told that society needed to evolve and understand that women can compete with men physically in sports. It was time to drop female leagues and just have leagues in which boys and girls, men and women, would all play together and against one another. From golf to football... This has been the cry for years. Michelle Wee and Annika Sorenstam both played in PGA men's tournaments and did horribly. And we were told that they could absolutely go toe-to-toe against men driving the ball more than 100 yards further than them. We just needed to grow up as a society. As of 2018, there were over 2,400 girls in America playing tackle football with and against boys. And of the more than 4 million kids aged 6 to 12 playing baseball this year, 100,000 of them are girls. And this, we're told, is how it should be. How dare we exclude girls from male sports and thereby insinuate, or worse, say out loud that females are built differently than males and simply don't have the same biological makeup and structure and therefore cannot compete physically against them. Just last year, Haley Van Voorhees became the first woman to play college football at a position other than kicker when she played defensive back at Shenandoah University. And as recently as 2020, articles were aplenty. With arguments such as, and these are direct quotes, girls should be able to play the same sports as boys, no matter how strong or how much tougher boys are at it, doesn't mean that girls can't be the same way. Plenty of these articles say things like, girls are just the same as boys. And there's even this argument, quote, girls' learning systems are faster and they care more about what they are working on. That proves that girls are definitely able to learn the sports that boys play, end quote. By the way, all of these articles are linked at radradio.com under the soapbox section. Now, that last one's really brilliant because it's a counterargument to the physical differences rationalization in that it almost, without saying it out loud, seeds the point that females maybe aren't equal to males physically, but it does say they can overcome that with their intellect, And their discipline. Okay? So, for more than a decade, the case has been made on a variety of levels. How and why males and females can and should compete against one another head-to-head when it comes to sports. Many toxically masculine men find this to be an unwanted and unwarranted intrusion. And they're told to sit down, shut up, and get with the times. And yet, when women are the ones who are intruded on, their tune sure changes. Thus, my confusion. Front and center this week has been the story of Leah Thomas, a collegiate swimmer who is demolishing her competition and shattering NCAA records as she literally swims laps around all of the other women in college swimming. And this is a problem. Why, you ask? Is it some silly woke thing about how unfair it is that one person is better than another? You know, like when everyone screams when a basketball team beats another one by 100 points? No, not exactly. Is it that she's taking performance-enhancing drugs, giving her an unfair advantage? not exactly. The problem with Leah Thomas is that she was born a biological male. She's a transgender female. Thomas previously competed as a man at the University of Pennsylvania for two seasons. But she started her transition in May of 2019 with hormone replacement therapy, and then came out to her teammates in the fall of 2019 while she was, at the time, still competing on the men's team. Now, NCAA rules state that transgender players must be on testosterone suppressants for at least one year before they can compete as women. Thomas has been on an ongoing regimen of estrogen and testosterone blockers and thus is now competing as a woman. In other words, she's not merely identifying as a female. She is in the process of changing her body and appearance. So this should be a nothing burger based on all the arguments that I just laid out that we've had screamed at us for the past many years. After all, while it's true that Leah Thomas was born in a male body, it's already been established that girls are just the same as boys. That's a quote. I mean, other than the fact that girls are much better at learning. And thus, Thomas's competitors should welcome her and simply figure out how to outsmart her and or accept the fact that regardless of how she was born, Boys and girls are the same. But of course, that's not even close to what is happening. Oh, and a brief pause here. I have no position on this. In fact, I'm quite literally beyond bewildered as to how we should, as a society, be handling sports as it relates to people transitioning from one gender to another. I mean, it almost feels like there should be a cooling off period. Like, maybe they have to wait until they've transitioned to a certain point. But I don't know. And and especially when you're talking about high school and college-age kids who you'd be taking away so much from. See, I have no position on this. I really don't. And I'm not interested in the completely transphobic one that says, I don't even want to hear about this. My fascination with this particular story, and others like it, is the pure, unadulterated hypocrisy of the arguments being made. We had the same debate a year ago, at least out in the zeitgeist, over a transgender female bodybuilder named Laurel Hubbard, whether or not she should be allowed to compete in the Summer Olympics, and the same objections were made then that are being made now. So this is a worldwide phenomenon. And they completely contradict everything we've been told about males competing against females. For example, back to the Leah Thomas story. Cynthia Millen, who officiated USA Swimming Meets for three decades, has stepped down in protest of Thomas being allowed to swim against girls, saying, quote, "...the fact is that swimming is a sport in which bodies compete against bodies." Identities do not compete against identities. Men are different from women. Men's swimmers are different from women, and they will always be faster than women. End quote. Oh my. Imagine if she would have said that were the story to be about a biologically born woman wanting to compete against biologically born men. She would have been canceled. But she went even further, saying, and again I quote, Boys will always have larger lung capacity, larger hearts, greater circulation, a bigger skeleton, and less fat. And no matter how much testosterone suppression drugs she takes, she will always be a biological male and have the advantage. End quote. One point. She didn't use the pronoun she. I inserted that even though it was a quote of hers because I find it so disgustingly reprehensible to not even at least dignify a person by using their chosen pronoun. And I'm not here, by the way, to debate her or anyone else on the merits of her argument as it relates to transitioning. The audacity is in the brazen use of the very same set of arguing points that has been used in reverse to justify females competing against males. And she's far from alone, too. No less than Caitlyn Jenner weighed in with essentially the same logic, saying, and again I quote, We need to protect women's sports. She was born a biological boy. She was raised as a biological boy. Her cardiovascular system is bigger. Her respiratory system is bigger. Her hands are bigger. She can swim faster. That's a known, end quote. Sorry, ladies. You can't have it both ways. Either female bodies can compete equally with male bodies, or they cannot. Which, again, is not me weighing in on transgender transitions and how it does or doesn't alter the body, but rather is a commentary using their premise. People, a lot of people, mostly women, are arguing, as was just demonstrated by Caitlyn Jenner, that transgender females have superior athletic bodies in a variety of ways as a result of having been born biologically male. Anyone who made that argument previously was a misogynist at best. Yet now that women are losing left and right to a biologically born male swimmer, seemingly everyone is coming out of the woodwork to scream from the rooftops that men are superior physically, even on Leah Thomas' own team. The father of one of the UPenn swimmers says that his daughter and a good number of teammates are furious and, quote, crying on the pool deck, end quote, because they feel they can no longer compete fairly with their own teammate, trans swimmer Leah Thomas. It's so bad that a member of the University of Pennsylvania's women's swim team claimed that Thomas, her own teammate, deliberately lost a race last week to a transgender competitor. The claim is that Thomas conspired with a Yale swimmer named Isaac Hennig, a biological female, and then lost to Isaac to prove that men aren't always stronger. See what they did there? So there's, here's their argument that has been shoved down our throats as a justification for women playing tackle football, baseball, and anything else they want with and against men. Thomas goes out and conspires and intentionally loses to go, yeah, yeah, see, see what you said. See, look, women can beat men. But no, it's ignored and rather deemed to be all part of a grand conspiracy. None of this even begins to touch on how stunning it is that somehow America's national feminist movement has actually found a way to actually become more despicable by totally abandoning trans females. But I digress, that's for a whole other soapbox. This singular argument over transgender women and women's sports has laid bare yet again how selfish, vapid, And meaningless almost all of these causes are. Women playing men's sports under the name of equality has been destroyed by those who had been advocating it, now arguing against transgender women using the very objections that had been made against them as their reasoning. That's it. Game over. No more of this. And what of all these woke supporters of trans people What does it say about their resolve, when the first thing they see upon hearing this debate is the need to choose a side? Boy, that's who you want covering you when you're heading into battle, isn't it? In the end, I don't have an answer. I have an observation. There's an absolutely stupid and meaningless piece of symbolism known as the Doomsday Clock, which is supposed to represent the likelihood of a man-made global catastrophe. It's a dopey part of the radical environmentalism movement back from the 70s, still around today. But the premise gives me an idea. I think what we need is a crumble clock to tell us theoretically how many figurative minutes or seconds we are from completely collapsing as a society. For example, at the end of 2019, I would have set it five minutes to midnight. Pretty bad, but we got time. After 2020, we're down to two minutes. After 2021, we got one minute left. With our reaction to this debate, we just clicked a few seconds closer.